Hello, I'm Fern Cotton and this is Happy Place, the show that seeks out wisdom and a real sense of calm. Today, I'm chatting to Kirsty Gallagher. I'd get to work, I wouldn't remember the journey there, because you're jumping out of bed with the alarm, you're throwing a cup of coffee down, you've got a piece of toast in your mouth as you run to the car, you're stuck in the traffic, someone's bothering you, they've cut you up. If you get to work and you're like... I don't remember getting here because we've not been present. There's a part of you still in bed at home. There's a part of you that's already gone to two weeks' time to worry about something that's going on there. So we're scattered. A ritual just brings all of you into that moment. Kirsty is a moon mentor, soul alignment and spiritual coach, yoga teacher, meditation teacher and Sunday Times best-selling author of the book Lunar Living. Kirsty's thing is bringing together community and really trying to show us that we're never alone, which I think is just the most gorgeous mission that we need now more than ever. Through her yoga, meditation and ritual classes, she teaches us how to live back in alignment with an ancient cycle, a really lovely rhythm and flow that aims to connect us back to our inner wisdom and purpose. Now listen, you might have heard the word lunar there and immediately switched off. Living by the moon? Not for me, thanks. Well, I get it if you're a bit of a moon naysayer, but please do stick with us because Kirsty makes the really beautiful point that, look, it doesn't matter to her, it doesn't matter to me whether you believe. The point of this chat is to get you thinking about what you do believe in, what feels true and useful to you. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, before we hear from Kirsty, I just wanted to mention that she's also one of the amazing experts on the Happy Place app. So, if you want to try some of the practices that Kirsty chats about today, then the app is where you'll want to head after the show. Oh my God, her meditations are amazing. There are meditations for time out or to reset your energy, affirmations to help create positive change in your life, and a series of lunar meditations which align with the magic of the moon cycles to help you connect with your power and intuition. Kirsty's practices have a brilliant focus on reducing anxiety and creating a sense of peace from first thing in the morning to last thing at night and every moment in between. Kirsty's not the only practitioner on the app. There are loads of experts that I love and know. They're friends, they're collaborators. I love them. You might have heard them on the podcast, leading practices from yoga to breathwork to tapping and so much more, all to help you feel that bit happier and calmer. Plus, with our one-month free trial, you can dive right in and explore Kirsty's practices with a no commitment. So head over to the Happy Place website to download the app today. All right, here she is. Here's the wonderful Kirsty. Hello, Kirsty. Hey. 
Kirsty, we are recording this on, I'm saying, the hottest day ever. Honestly, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> and we've waited so long to do this. And then we do it on a day that we're both sweating and... I'm aware of my moist armpits. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> and also, we've both chosen to wear dresses that are... Represent each other. They are representative of each other. I'm wearing a sort of celestial star dress. You are. You're wearing a beautiful flowery garden dress, um, which is a wonderful compliment. But we're we're both showcasing our boobs, which we don't normally. And I feel this is out of my comfort zone, which I think is a good thing. No, I do. And it was so funny, the first thing you said when you walked in... I'd already Oops. said to the guys, I was like, just keep checking on me. And then you walked in and said the same thing. And I was like, we're in this together. I'm we normally in this together. In like a t-shirt yeah. or a dress that goes up to my chin, yep. quite frankly. But and today... I'm just aware of those guys down yeah. there. Yeah. Let's own them. We can own them. Let's own it. And we can talk about deep stuff Let's. whilst having our boobs pertly displayed. There we go. It's all part of it. It is. As you said, this is a long time coming mm. because we've been friends for a long time, but also we've collaborated we in have. different ways, which is, it's been a joy for me. You've me been at too. our Happy Place Festival doing beautiful meditation classes and talking about all manner of things. And also you've done some really amazing specific practices for our Happy Place app. So what have you done for the app? Talk us through the practices that you've created. Mainly meditations, but we went specific on focus for things like morning meditations, meditations when you want to clear your energy field, um, evening meditations. And then we just recently did a beautiful like lunar meditation practice where you got to meditate with all the different phases of the moon which was just a joy to do we did one around owning emotions because again that's super important it's something that I don't think we do enough and especially as women there's certain emotions isn't it, that we label as being good and bad emotions so then we shut down and we suppress certain emotions and it's it's not the way to go we need to really allow ourselves to feel and to express so um yeah we did I think a meditation around grief around anger just to help people to get into those deeper almost darker emotions that normally get pushed to one side so you are um, not only incredibly skilled as you've just illustrated uh, making creating these beautiful bespoke meditation classes you're a mm. meditation teacher you're a yoga teacher mm. at what point did the moon element come into things because you are the queen of the moon Thank you. I don't know anyone who knows more about the moon and I'm constantly turning to you to ask what the hell's going on why are my moods all over the gaff <laughs> exactly. is there a full moon is there something in the way of the moon mm-hmm. what's going on so when did you realize that we could look to the moon to mm. be guided and to get a bit more in tune with it because I think it's an obvious thing to say but we all know we're out of sync with the natural world and what's going we don't even think about the moon we don't think about the seasons we don't think about what's naturally taking effect so when did you realize that was the missing piece for mm. you as a teacher I think if I go quite far back even in childhood, I was always very different. I always wanted to know why. I was always searching for more answers or deeper meaning. And I found astrology at about, I remember getting my first astrology book at about 13 years old. I'm pouring over this book and astrology just giving deeper meaning to life and wanting to know what people's star signs were and moon signs were. So astrology kind of came first. And then in 2009, I went to India to become a yoga teacher. I wanted to go to the the kind of the deep roots and really learn and immerse myself in study. And it's traditional in Ashtanga yoga that I was practicing at the time not to practice on new and full moon days because of the energetic pull of the moon. So everybody on new and full moon days would hang out together. We'd all be in coffee shops and cafes and people would have a rest day. 
And I started to notice on moon days that people's energy would differ. Like people would just be different. And then I started to really notice that everyone would start to have similar issues. So either everyone would be feeling really emotional, everyone would be having relationship issues, everyone would be really anxious. And it got me really fascinated and hooked. And so in traditional kind of yoga, when you're practicing so much, you do what's called Abhyanga massage. So you're practicing like five, six hours a day, your body's sore. So you rub oil into your body and then you lay and let it soak in for 20 minutes. So on these new and full moon days when I did that, I'd been hanging out with people. I'd got a bit of the vibe of what's going on. And then I'd go into meditation in this Abhyanga when I got the oil on and just really feel into the moon and almost talk to the moon and be like, what have you got to share? Like, what's going on? What's the energy? And really feel into that energy. And I've been doing it ever since. I've been, I've been hooked ever since. That was in 2009 when I really then started living by the lunar cycles. And it honestly changed my life. I mean, you can absolutely hear it with what you're saying and having read all of your books, but your first book specifically, which really mm. delves into this, you say that even as a a very sort of simplistic, basic model, we can look at the lunar cycles and twice a month there are two natural check-ins for yes. all of us. So yep. how do we use the two check-ins being the full moon and the new moon, the full mm. moon when it's big and glorious and bright in the sky, the new moon being when we cannot see it at all. Yep. How do we use those two markers in the cycle to... I guess, check in with, check with how in. we're doing. I mean, that's what I do love about lunar work because, first of all, when we look at it, the moon turns the tides on the Earth. If we didn't have the moon, we wouldn't have seasons because it's the gravitational pull of the moon that keeps the Earth on its axis. It's said that without the moon, a day on Earth would be six hours long rather than 24 hours long. And so there's almost like an arrogance as humans that we're like oh I'm not affected by the moon I'm not affected by the planets I'm not affected by nature the fact and that actually I've just it. remembered I've written it down because it blew my mind so much from your first book for any moon naysayers out there yes not that you can be a moon naysayer because it's in He's the bloody there. sky but <laughs> people that think oh whatever it doesn't do anything but once a year between October and December there is a mass spawning of mm -hmm. the corals the great barrier reef mm -hmm. influenced and triggered by a full by moon that's, if the moon's doing that to coral, exactly. what the hell is it doing to exactly. us? It blows my mind in a way that we are... I mean, we're made of stardust. That's not me making up some kind of a woo-woo fact. Yeah, David the, Bowie's song or something. Yeah, we're literally made of stardust. Yeah. Like, we, we're stars. And the same, I believe, the same life force energy that makes our nails grow and our hair grow is the same life force energy that causes the leaves and the flowers and the trees. And so we, we are part of nature. And when we tune back into that, our lives change. But even for the naysayers, I love sceptics. I, I love working with sceptics in this work because I'm like, even if you don't want to believe in the moon, but you sit down with yourself twice a month, even the act of doing that will change your life over the course of a few months in ways you can't even imagine. So how might you do that? Say we've got a new moon a new approaching. Moon. Yep. What might you do on that new moon day? So we want to start with the new moon because that's the very beginning of the lunar cycle. So a new moon gives us a blank slate. It's where we begin. It's where the moon's at the very beginning of our journey. So if I can just take you back a tiny step in the days before a new moon, we get what's called a dark moon. And I always talk about this first because it's the it's the time that most people will start to believe a bit more in lunar work because it's the lowest energetic and emotional point of the lunar cycle. So if you start to notice those days where you do feel like your emotions are out of control or your boss starts irritating you or your relationship feels like it's not going the way you want it to, I almost guarantee you it will be the dark moon. 
Because what the dark moon does is pull us into our emotions to show us where we're out of alignment. So the dark moon shows us what we don't want. So that then when the new moon comes, the moon goes, okay, you don't like your relationship the way that it's going right now. You don't perhaps like the job you're doing. This isn't working. And you're like, what do you want? Mm, so it's like putting it all out on the table. Yes. And having a you good can't hide look anymore. at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which all we all comes. do. I think all of us tend to, because the world moves so quickly and yeah. we're all so busy and we're all so quite proud about that busyness culturally yeah. and talking on a societal level like oh my god I haven't I do it all the time and annoy myself I haven't a day off in yeah. you know however many weeks and it's like oh my god we are packing our lives to the max and sometimes yeah. we feel we have very little control over that but we push through stuff rather than going right this dynamic isn't working yes. I am deeply unhappy in this job whatever it might be yeah. that is irking us the new moon is an opportunity for us to sit with it and have a proper look at it, exactly. which is scary. It, it is. And I think that's that's one of the problems in life, that we feel the depth of the emotion when we're in it. And then as soon as it passes, we forget about it. But it's going to keep coming. And that's why so many people are always saying, why does this same thing always happen to me? Why do we always end up in the same relationships? Why do we always end up with the same horrible boss? And it's because we're not paying attention to the signs when they're there. So when we notice the dark moon and we go, who and what am I feeling the most emotional about? That's your signpost that those things need your attention. So then you sit down with the new moon and you go, okay, my commute's really irritated me the past four days. Maybe I want a job where I don't have to commute as much or maybe I need to find a new commute or maybe I need to sit down with my partner and have a conversation about these things that aren't really working for me right now. So the new moon, we set our intentions. We go, this is what I want. This is what I want to work on for the next lunar cycle. Now, while we're here as well, I think it's really important just to mention that especially when you're starting with this kind of work, what you don't want to do is go, right, I want to change my job, my relationship, my house, mm. my entire self, change everything about me because it's too much and it's too overwhelming and it's never going to work. So then what happens is things don't start to change and then we go, oh, that moon stuff oh, doesn't that work. Moon stuff's like shit. Intention setting doesn't work. work. That yeah. doesn't work. Things will never change for me. So I always say to people, don't work with more than three, five max intentions, okay. five maximum. Try and make a couple of them quite small and quite doable. Because as we manage to achieve those things, it's almost like working a muscle. We then start to believe in ourselves. Well, oh my God, I made that happen. I, I made that change. I did that brave thing. I did that. We start to find a belief and trust in ourselves. So I normally have two maybe that are small that I know I can work on over the next month. And then one or two that are more cyclical. So I might be like, right, over spring, this is what I want to work on. Because what we often find is that the same thing keeps coming up and up as we learn through the different layers and lessons of it. So some things take time to change. Yeah. It, do you know what? Everything you're saying rings so true because I have certainly seen those cycles in my own life mm. with feeling like I'm stuck in a, a similar position, but with different people yes. in different circumstances. Yes. I've brought my baggage to a new you. circumstance. And, and I think, you know, I'm very honest on this podcast. I tell everybody what I'm going through <laughs> and how I'm feeling without <laughs> too, much, um, too much worry or shame. But I end up going, right, I need to do more for this person, help more, give more. And I throw my everything into it, but without any boundaries, boundaries. in place. Mm. And then I go, I feel resentful. I don't like this yes. anymore. I didn't sign up for this. That cycle has, it's got a lot better, but for years that played mm. on a loop and got me in real pickles. And I ended up actually 
turning into a person in this cycle that I didn't like very much. Yes. I didn't want to act in a certain way, but I I wasn't making those essential changes to mm-hmm. break that pattern and break that cycle. So I think it's important to say that once you've set these intentions, you can't just think, oh, well, the moon's going to sort all that out. No, no, no. There's, it's hard work. This is then where hard you've work starts. You've got to put the work in. Yeah. And that's, again, why lunar cycles are so beautiful because you set the intentions on the new moon. You've then got two weeks as the moon waxes and gets bigger. And you can watch the moon do it in the sky. You can... we. Uh, I honestly even believe that we've all probably looked at a full moon in the sky and it takes your breath away. Oh, it's gorgeous. Because I do think the moon reminds us of where we came from. It reminds us that we're part of something greater. It reminds us that we're all connected. And so as the moon then waxes and grows bigger, in those two weeks, exactly what you just said, as the moon is growing in the sky, she's giving us the light and the life and the energy to do what we need to do to get what we want. So if, for example, it's the new job, send out the CVs, talk to people, let people know that you're looking, do anything and everything you can to let yourself be seen and shine like the moon is doing and just say yes say yes do anything you can to get towards where you want to go so those intentions you set keep them in mind keep them as your true north and intentions are also really beautiful because without intentions it's like if I try to get you to go on a journey now with no map you just end up wandering you're just wandering you don't know where you're going someone might say hey Fern come this way you go that way with them you don't like it you go that way with them when we've got an intention it's a guiding force what if someone out there listening to this thinks oh my god I know there's a bunch of stuff I don't like but what's my intention I don't know where do you start to work out what that direction is going to be in the first place. Mm. I've certainly had periods of life where I've thought, I am lost, I have no clue. Mm. I don't know what I want anymore. Someone tell me what I should want and I want someone to deliver that instruction to me. So where do we start? Well, first I said the dark moon is important, just paying attention those few days before a new moon of what am I feeling really emotional about? What's really irritating me? What's getting on my last nerve? What do I feel really unhappy about right now? Because those are the signposts to kind of what it is that just needs a little bit more of our attention. But if you're first starting, your intention might just be, I want to just connect a bit more to myself. I want to get to know who I am and what I want and what I like. Because very often we don't know what we want. And this is again where dark moon energy comes in because if you say to someone what don't you want, they can tell you in great detail. I don't want that. I don't like that. I don't like this. That bugs me. If you say what do you want, people are kind of like, yeah. Oh, and then we also have this thing, I think, in society, and again, I'll speak more so for women because that's normally who I work with, that for a woman that knows what she wants, who does she think she is? Oh, my God, Who does she think she is? We think it's big-headed. We think she's bullshit. We think she's a ball-breaker. So, again, we live in such a society that is constantly giving us mixed messaging. I also think a lot of time men and women don't feel... We don't feel deserving of that thing. We go oh, God, secretly, this is kind of my dream, but I don't know if I deserve yeah. that. And we we put it off. So, again, this is an opportunity to excavate that and Absolutely. feel the emotions attached to it, which might be undeserving or mm-hmm. embarrassment or whatever, and, and move past all that, I guess. You have totally. to move past it to then yeah. work out how to do it and go through that moon cycle. And like you said important maybe not to set yourself the task of by the full moon I have to have absolutely nailed it Mm -mm. go cyclical go seasonal go throughout the whole year to try and work Mm. towards it and that's the beautiful thing about the lunar cycles it's constant evolution and flow so 
set the intention, do all you can through the first two weeks and let that intention be a guiding force when you've got to make a decision or a choice. Does this take me closer to or further from where it is that I want to go or who it is that I want to be or what it is that I want to invite into my life? You might just set an intention for I want to feel more peace. And so then every day, every decision when you've got to go do something, does this bring me closer to or further from a feeling of inner peace? The full moon then comes... And the full moon, as you say, is big, bright, bold there in the sky. The full moon shines this big, bright light over our lives and illuminates for us. What we want to do on a full moon is one of two things. The first thing we really want to do is celebrate ourselves because as humans, we do not celebrate ourselves enough. We don't. Nope. And again, if I said to you now, tell me one great thing you've done today, you'd go, oh, you know, if I said to you, tell me five things no, that went a bit what? wrong this today, is... you'd be like, well, I know. well. Do you know what? This is really relevant because I've spent today really like giving myself a hard time. And I haven't done anything like bad. I haven't like broken the law or done anything or been nope. mean to anyone. But even the stuff that I'm trying to achieve, I have found myself today, and it's not every day, but today for whatever reason, maybe I'm a bit tired. It's a dark moon today. Is it a dark moon? Dark moon today. We oh, it's the dark moon shit. today. <laughs> I, I'm feeling that dark moon energy yep. because my <laughs> mindset is... Oh, well, you're not doing that very well. Yeah. And, well, you're not, you, you could be giving it way more energy and effort in this area or oh, what you did at the weekend, that wasn't anywhere near as good as it mm-hmm. could be. And I found myself today really wrestling with that in that mm-hmm. kind of, I'm in a fight against myself. And I'm like, what am I doing? So this is, I'm blaming the moon. This is dark but, moon energy. But you can, and this is why, and I know I laugh a lot, but when people tell me things, I can almost give you a celestial reason for it almost straight away. <laughs> so let's just take you for an example, because I know right. you don't mind sharing. What do I do with this that, energy? So your thing today has been a lot of picking on yourself. You're not yep. doing good enough. You're not doing this. So one of your intentions then when we get the new moon on Sunday might be, I want to be kinder to myself. I want to give myself a little bit of a break. Yeah. I want to learn just to let myself off the hook a little bit more. Those might be one of your intentions. I intend over this next lunar cycle to be kind. Yeah. So then when you notice that little voice, you can catch it and be like, hey, no, 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 we're, we're not doing that today. Mm. And then what we want to do then is we want to almost flip the switch. So when you're having that thought about you've not done enough, you want to sit there and consciously find, well, actually you have done enough because already today you've done, I mean, you tell me when we arrived what you've already done today what you've done today a normal human couldn't do in a week like I know I'm packing it in but I I I definitely get hung up on detail and like pushing myself to the point where you know looking for that elusive perfect that doesn't exist in all capacities I think you're absolutely right my I may have assumed that my new moon excavation and subsequent intention should be to do better but actually no. I'm listening to you going no it, it's I need to be a bit nicer to be myself kinder. just be kinder <laughs> yeah. take the pressure off yeah I'm not don't very good at that. search for perfect no and then you're going to achieve that tell yourself what you're doing well I mean an amazing thing to do is at the end of every day look yourself in the mirror and be like you did that really well today yeah you did that really well today actually you did that thing and it was quite brave and you did that we don't celebrate ourselves enough no because I think also society has created this bizarre infrastructure where we're constantly waiting for someone else to tell us that, to tell us you did good or even what you're doing is okay. Mm. I think we're losing our confidence and our intuition to go, no, I'm doing all right. And I think, you know, some of that is very superficial in terms of how advertising works and just Mm -hmm. the world that we exist in with messaging and you could try this and you'll be a better person or whatever. Mm. So we've lost that sense to just be all right with who we are yeah. or, or next level up, like you're saying, to celebrate ourselves. Yeah. We 
We wait for occasions like birthdays or weddings to do it, but this can be a, a, a moon-triggered thing. thing. So every full moon, celebrate yourself. Look at the first two weeks of the cycle. What did I do well? What did I achieve? What did I say yes to? Where was I brave? Where did I go after something I wanted? Where was I a bit kinder to myself? What have I done? Let me celebrate that. And then on the flip side, the full moon will show you where you got in your own way. Because 99.999% of the time in life, it's us that's in the way. Yeah, we love to blame other people. We love It was to. you. Yeah. It's you. You caused all my agony. Exactly. That's why I didn't succeed or do whatever yeah. it was I went to do. But when we do that, we lose all power to change it. If it's your fault, I'm feeling a certain way. I have to wait for you to do something differently before I can feel better. Was when I retake about that power and I go, well, what was my part to play in this? How did I allow what Fern supposedly said or did today to kind of trigger me? What was it in me that it upset me? It reminded me of that time when I didn't get picked for that team in school and it really brought all that back up again. I then have the power to change that because I've taken back the responsibility for it. Mm. And so even in that one, we allow it to be their fault, his fault, her fault, parents' fault, job's fault, boss's fault. It's that we have to wait for that thing to change then. When we take back that power and go, okay, well, what was my part to play in this? And we take that real radical responsibility, then we've got the power to change it. And so when we sit with that and we go, okay, yeah, I didn't say yes to going to that party because I thought when I got there, no one would speak to me and people wouldn't like me. I didn't go for that job because I kind of thought I wouldn't be able to do it and they probably wouldn't want somebody like me. So I didn't send in the application and then I didn't make that phone call because, well, I was just sabotaging a little bit that day. So I didn't. We can start to see them when we're getting in the way. And then we use the waning lunar cycle. The next two weeks as the moon wanes. So this is when the moon's getting smaller moon's getting after smaller. it's been full. So the moon's teaching us then how to release, how to let go, how to surrender, how to trust. Because again, we it astonishes me that like little human me thinks I know better than the entire universe of my soul. Even when you look up at a sky full of stars and you realise how small we are and I'm like, but that little human me, she'll grip and she'll control and she'll cling and she'll want this to work out and that to work out. If I just give it up to something greater, like we're always being guided and supported. I truly believe that there is a greater source of power out there that we can connect to, even if that's just the moon. Even if we can go and stand at the moon and go, please help me. Please show me the way with this. Please show me what to do about this. Please guide me in this. But when we try and grip and control as little human us, we just get in our own way. Yeah. So this really just shows you where you've got in our own way. And then it shows us further what our sabotages are. And it's a... It's a tool of incredible self-awareness for me as lunar work. Like I learned, and I'll, I'll confess, we're on, we're on here, let's confess all of our things, but I very often dress up self-sabotage as self-care. How do you so do that? when I'm on the edge of something really, really big, so there might be loads of big things coming up, doing this podcast with you, this person's invited me to do that, this person's invited me to do that. When I'm on the edge of a big breakthrough, I'll start saying to myself cursed you've done a lot you should sit on the sofa and eat biscuits and watch oh Netflix. i do this but i'm dressing up self-sabotage or self-care so then what i'm doing is i'm sending myself into almost a sabotage spiral because then i go into the unworthiness spiral and i'm dressing up as self-care so i'm pretending i'm taking care of myself but, but i started to notice from lunar work every time i was on the edge of something big you wouldn't find me out there pushing for more going for more getting ready for it you'd find me a packet of crisps on the sofa binging something on netflix this is the same honestly yeah. i can't tell you how much that resonates like I've had so many moments where I've thought 
you know, because there is it's there is such a fine line between knowing your capabilities and your energy resources or your energy store mm. versus pushing yourself Absolutely. and in a healthy way, not mm-hmm. pushing yourself in a detrimental way where you end up in a puddle on the floor, nope. but in a healthy way, moving out of your comfort zones. I have found that harder yep. as I've gotten older. I think I had a naive confidence maybe in my teens and 20s, maybe early 30s, probably not, where I was really... Um, motivated to Mm. you know jump out into the void and see what was there whereas I find myself quite scared and I that's really interesting I do also dress up sabotage as self-care sometimes Mm. so I guess this is another question it's slightly off the beaten track of looking at this lunar work but I wonder how we tell the difference because there will be days where we do need to sit on the sofa and we do need to have a warm cup of tea mm-hmm. under a little blankie and shut the world out yep. but there are other days we're doing that where we might not need to so how do we tell the difference? For me it's about again the intention behind it but also the the energy behind it because one thing lunar work does show us beautifully is that the moon doesn't shine at full brightness all month the moon as you said at the very beginning for three or four days a month the moon disappears from the sky the moon's like i'm out of here i'm gone i'm gonna go take care of myself see you later because the moon knows she cannot shine at full bright potential if she's exhausted depleted so lunar work gives us almost permission for self-care and rest but for me the difference is those days when it's true self-care i enjoy it I give in to it. I there's there's nowhere else I'd rather be, nothing else I'd rather be doing. There's the permission slip there to do it because I know what it, I I know that it is what I really need. If I think about the days I'm doing it as an avoidance or as a little sabotage, there's an underlying anxiety to it. And I notice that even if I'm on the sofa watching something, I'm not watching it, I'm on my phone. I'm doing something else. I'm getting bored. I'm changing the channel. There's an angsty energy behind it, which is because there's a part of me that's like, you're trying to avoid, you're trying to sabotage. This isn't true self-care. This isn't. And you're so right. It's a beautiful thing to to bring up because we do have to be mindful again of, of the difference of these things. And I honestly believe a lot of this just comes from really getting to know yourself and being able to have an honesty with yourself because now I know when I'm doing it and so I can sit with myself and I can go cursed. You know what you're doing. It's one you hell of a thing to be honest you know with yourself. Doing. It's one hell yep. of a thing to do because it's humbling. It is. And it's exposing yep. because there are bits of ourselves we're so close to because Absolutely. we're so used to just going armour on, not looking at that, mm-hmm. I'm just going to crack on. But actually, if we stop and we can use the moon cycle as a really lovely system to have self-awareness at have the end of the day and get to know ourselves a bit better. Absolutely. And then I know I'm doing it. So when I know I'm doing it, I'm like, you've got one day. You've got one day. And then what I notice is because I've got the permission to do it, after half a day, I'm bored of myself. So I'm like, okay, right, I don't want to do this anymore now. I've gone into... I've gone into the the fear because then I get to sit with, well, what are you afraid of? Well, I'm afraid that when I do all these things, more people are going to get to know me and more people are going to get to see me. And then it means my work's going to be out there more in the world. And then that means me being seen more. And as you'll know, with any kind of profile, you're open then to more criticism and to more constructive criticism and feedback from people. And again, you've got to regulate a nervous system enough to know yourself enough that when people come at you, we, we, we know the world of social media nowadays, mm-hmm. you're in a, a regulated enough place to be able to know your true intention behind things. and But that all takes work. Yeah. And so 
every time I go through one of those times, I see it now as more of an up-leveling that my nervous system just needs a moment to catch up with where future me is gone so that then when I get there, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to step into those shoes now. I'm ready to do it. Um, so I normally give myself about a day. I'm like, okay, you've got a day to do this. But within that is the honesty of knowing what it is that I'm yeah. doing. What the energy is and what's motivating mm. it, if it is hiding or if it is genuinely yeah. rest and, and proper yeah. time out. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So as well as using this monthly moon cycle to check in with ourselves, to have self-awareness, there's also within your work a lot of focus on ritual. Mm. Now, again, another thing that we've sadly lost in this very fast-paced modern world, we've swapped ritual for routine and everything Mm. is about charging forward at great pace without much attention or thought to get things done, to tick things off a list. I mean, this is how I operate so much of the time. It, mm. I need, I know I need to create a shift there for sure. But we don't have those moments of ritual. How would you describe a ritual? What the hell is a ritual? How do we have a ritual in this crazy, fast-paced modern mm. world? And that's exactly why we need them. So a routine is about getting things done. It's about an end result. It's about something that's normally a bit monotonous that we do over and over again. A ritual gives something meaning and it makes it sacred. And so as soon as we make something a ritual, we bring the divine, the universe, source, God, any any word, whatever word you want to give for, for that big old energy in the sky, it brings that energy in and it then reminds us further that we are more than our to-do list, we're more than our rushing around, we're more than our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions. We're souls having a human experience. And when we stop and we check in, it also really, I mean, I remember again, when I was in India, we would start at 4am every morning, like we would be up first thing in the morning. I didn't have time for a big ritual then, I didn't. But the one thing I committed to doing every day was lighting a candle. Because in that moment, that brought me into the day. Like how many people out there listening or how many of us have done it? I, I used to do it quite often. I'd get to work. I wouldn't remember the journey there. Mm. I literally wouldn't remember the journey because you're jumping out of bed with the alarm. You're throwing a cup of coffee down. You've got a piece of toast in your mouth as you run to the car. You're stuck in the traffic. Someone's bothering you. They've cut you up. If you get to work and you're like... I don't remember getting here because we've not been present. There's a part of you still in bed at home. There's a part of you that's already gone to two weeks time to worry about something that's going on there. So we're scattered. A ritual just brings all of you into that moment. So in that moment of lighting a candle, I would invite myself into the day. I would close my eyes for a moment and I would I would gather all of myself into that moment. And as I lit that candle, that was me saying to the day, I'm here with my two feet, right here, right now, in this day. Can't tell you how much it changed my entire day because I went into the day present. That took 30 seconds, not even. 
And so we understand for people that are busy and for parents and things, there's a time constraint, but you could lock yourself in the bathroom for one minute in the morning and do something for you. And as you do these rituals, as we mentioned earlier, it starts to help you to know that you're worthy and deserving of your own time. You're worthy and deserving of showing up for. It helps us to trust ourselves, to be there for ourselves, that if I can't show up for myself for one minute every day, how am I ever going to learn to trust myself to be there for myself in the hard times? Because I'm like, well, she can't even show up and light a candle. She's no use to me. So that little ritual of, of inviting our presence into a day says to us, I trust you, I'm here for you and it just it it changes everything so rituals don't have to be sage and music and they they can be but they don't need to be yeah it's such a beautiful thing to do I've personally had to and this is probably quite a recent revelation do a lot of thinking about ritual versus superstition because I can really catastrophize that is you know, at some point down the line, I've learned to over worry and mm-hmm. I've learned to magnify my worries. And that is very natural for me now to mm. think of the first thought is the worst, worst, worst one, like the most unimaginable thing. They could be called intrusive thoughts or catastrophizing, but they're always there. Mm. And I'm learning to live with that without the reaction bit, which could be a panic attack or whatever yeah. comes next. And sometimes I've conflated ritual with superstition Mm. because those catastrophizing thoughts make the ritual this thing I have to do, otherwise something awful is going to happen. So that's been very interesting for me to go, right, I can have ritual, but I can't pin it to things like if I light a candle every day, no one's going to die or whatever it might be. I've got to bring that moment into the present and just feel... The feelings without Mm. pinning it to the future, the past, whatever. That one, I think we still, I mean, I probably have maybe a slightly magnified thought process when it comes to that because of how my brain works. But I think many people out there start to get a bit feared up about little rituals or things in their day. Like, I have to have them, otherwise I'm not okay. Mm. And that's quite a... There's a thin veneer between the two, I think. Yeah. I think it's just really important to see it as an act of self-care as well, that it's not a, I have to, or this bad thing is going to happen to me. And it, it that's just such a, it's such a beautiful thing to bring up as well, because I, I, again, I tread a fine line even talking about things like manifesting and things like that because I think people do fear I have one bad thought, I'm going to make my whole life horrible. I oh don't want the candle that God, one day. Yes. My entire life is going to fall apart. And so then we make emotions good and bad. Well, it's good to feel happy and joyous and high vibe all the time. You've got to be high vibe or all these awful things are going to, oh, it's really bad to feel down. It's really bad to feel angry. It's really bad to feel worried. All of these are the full spectrum of human emotions that we're here to feel and experience. In, in my belief system... We are a soul having a human experience and part of that is to feel everything and to experience everything. And so it's super important that we don't then put these labels on things of if you have one bad day. I I very regularly, I'd say, let me say every six months, I go into what I call the void or the wilderness. I go into like a dark and twisty place and I let myself be there and I let myself get on my hands and knees on the bathroom floor and cry and experience all of that. I let myself go to the depths But I let myself do that as in I'm still there for myself, holding myself in that. And that's important in all of it, in ritual and everything is that this isn't now something outside of me that I'm having to do. Back to our point before, because something else has control. Yes. 
the universe has control and if I don't bow down to the universe and light this candle, something awful is going to happen. It's about taking back that sense of personal power in our own lives and saying, this little ritual, this what, this is for me. This isn't to appease anything else or to get anything else. This is simply to gather all the parts of me that I've got scattered. And so... For you, a beautiful ritual might be just having a moment to bring back the part of you that's gone over there, catastrophizing that, the part of you that's over there, worried about that, the part of you that's there, and feel all those parts of you come back mm. so that you can welcome all of you into that moment. That, again, could take a couple of seconds, but it's like, I'm here now, I'm safe now, I've got you. Yeah, and having a little action helps to actually mark that moment rather than hoping it will happen at some point in the day. You know, if if it's a set time or if it's an action that you do that almost triggers the cognitive brain to go, this is the moment where I'm okay with exactly how I'm feeling yes. and I'm just in the now. And I yes. think, you know, it's probably no surprise that many of us feel quite confused about manifesting ritual, mm. catastrophizing and pinning, you know, superstition, etc. Because we've seen perhaps a decline in. Uh, organised religion. There are still people who are out there who hold their faith mm-hmm. dearly. That's an absolutely beautiful thing. But I think there are many people like me who feel there is something going on, would class themselves as spiritual, open to many mm. different belief systems, methodologies, but doesn't have one doctrine that they yes. follow. So then you start to go, God, there are so many different ideas and yep thought processes out there that you start to just sort of grab hold of all of them and apply them and just hope for the best but actually you've just said okay use the moon as a as as guidance or use nature but actually just trust yourself trust yourself trust yourself that's, that's what I was thinking the whole time you were saying that because I talk about this so often when you start a spiritual journey you're going to find, I mean, I remember when I first started, I was becoming a crystal healer. I was doing Reiki, I was doing regressional therapy, I was talking to angels, I was doing spirit guides. There's so much out there. The thing is with spirituality, with anything, we don't know the truth until we go back to wherever we came from. None of us know the absolute truth. So what we need to find is what's true for me. And what's true for me might not be what's true for you. And that's beautiful. As long as what's true for you brings you happiness and joy, our truths can exist together. There's always an an and And I've talked about this even lately because with moving into my new place, you know, I felt a certain sadness of leaving London and I felt really excited about moving to a new place. Even coming here today, I felt overwhelmed about the amount of stuff I've got going on and I felt so grateful and excited to be here with you. So there can be lots of multiple different realities all at once. So the spiritual journey is about... Again, not looking for anything outside of you just because they say, and I say this all the time, if anything I say doesn't resonate with you, that's not your truth. I'm not here to tell you what to believe and what the fact, if the moon doesn't resonate with you, that's not your truth. But go find something that is your truth. Go find something that in those moments that you're on your hands and knees on the floor helps you get through. And one of my deepest truths is my soul has chosen, my soul's chosen my life for me. You know, my soul's chosen before... And this is why astrology and birth charts are beautiful because I honestly believe that our soul chooses the exact moment we're born and then our birth chart is a blueprint. So all of the different parts of our birth chart are different lessons and personality traits and different things that our soul has chosen to learn this lifetime. So anytime I'm going through something hard... 
I can sit with the fact that my soul's chosen this for me and my soul wouldn't choose anything I can't get through. So you know you can get through it, Curse, because your soul's chosen it for you. That gets me through the hardest times. Yeah, because it's empowering rather than, oh, yeah. well, I give up. The victim this is of just, life. This, this is, is just how yeah. my soul has chosen this and I'm absolutely screwed. It's my soul has chosen this because I can get because through I it. Because I can get through it. And this is helping me to learn and to grow and to expand and to evolve. And I'm going to, when we look at this, when we look at the times in life we grow the most, it's not necessarily in the times when everything is joyous and everything's wonderful. It's in the times when our back is against the wall. It's in the times we've got to really dig deep into ourselves. It's the times that we're really having to navigate hard things. That's when we learn the most. Yeah, without a doubt. Without you know, a doubt. I can certainly, you know, look back at periods of my life and think, I learned so much in that shitty bit. Yes. And then the good bit, didn't learn so much. Yeah, Felt exactly. better, but it didn't, I didn't learn so much there. Yeah. Looking at, at ritual... Mm. And you mentioned the word sacred a moment ago, mm. you know, applying meaning to a moment and and noticing the sacredness of mm. life. Again, I feel like sacredness has been wiped out yeah. because we're so used to the speed of life and this sort of ugly, disposable element of life that we're all witnessing and part of just by nature of being human, sadly, at the moment. What does sacred mean? What does it mean to you? How do we find it in the everyday, in this rush, in this chaos, in the conflict we see, in the disposable, you know, just throwaway existence that we're we're living at the moment? Mm, that's a beautiful question. For me, making something sacred and inviting in the sacred means inviting in that deeper meaning of life outside of all of the noise and everything that's pulling for your attention and everything that, you know, as you've mentioned a few times, we live in a consumer culture that tells us all the time that we're not good enough just as we are and you need this or that or this or that. Sacred means a pause, a moment of stillness, a moment of quiet. When I think of the word sacred, I, I almost see myself like in the grass, bare feet, hands on a tree, that's sacred. In that moment when we're connected to something bigger than us, something that hasn't been made by humans or hasn't been something that is just part of the divine that weaves through life. And I find that in nature. Like to me, nature, whenever I want answers, I go to nature. I, I just find anything and everything in nature is sacred. And I think we've probably all experienced those moments where we've watched a sunrise or a sunset or we've heard a bird song or we've suddenly found ourselves in a moment where we're like there's peace there's mm. quiet or we get our bare feet on the earth after a long day and something happens and I believe that that's because that sacred moment connects us back to the divine the stardust part of us the the very energy and essence of life itself that's what sacred means to me it means just to invite meaning into the moment yeah I get it every time I get in the sea it doesn't even have yes. to be like a particularly enjoyable swim I'm just like I'm in I'm connected I'm this tiny speck in a big mm. undulating body of water yeah. it is the best and I think that's actually a really interesting point because you know as I said I can't pin my I don't even know what my beliefs are I can't sort of um contain my spiritual beliefs in this one sphere that is labelled and uh, assigns to a certain bunch of rules. Mm -hmm. But I I probably would say the closest thing to God or that bigger than us feeling for me is nature. nature. And that's something that we can all access, you know, just even admiring just the sheer 
magnificence of mm. it every season and those great changes that we are nothing to do with. We are not in control of nope. nature. It's happening. It's happening without us, as you say. You know, like arrogant-minded humans who yeah. think we're controlling it all. It's just happening, and it is. It is the perfect way. You know, you wrote a whole book on this, on the mm. sacredness of nature. And again, look to nature yeah. to get back in tune with ourselves mm -hmm. and to be guided by it. Talk to me about that book and, and how, again, you use the seasons and the ever-changing notion of nature to check in with yourself, have self-awareness, move in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I call that book Sacred Seasons because I wanted to really bring about the energy of making seasons sacred, not only in nature, but also in our lives. We live in this very man-made world that we try to make very linear. So we think everything should be the same all day, every day, and we should be the same all day, every day. And then when it's not, we get all upset and we try and micromanage it and control it back into making it the same. Everything in life is cyclical. Everything in life. I mean, even on our bodies, our bodies get replaced every, depending on different body parts, every like seven years or three years. We're, we're in constant state of motion. And we struggle the most in life when we try to resist, when we try to push, when we try to either cling and hold on to something no longer meant for us, or we try to force an outcome. And it keeps, I feel like our conversation today has been so beautiful because one of the biggest things it comes back to is, is trust, is self-trust. But when you can begin to trust, whether that's in you or the moon or nature or God or universe or your soul or source, whatever it is, we then begin to allow ourselves to flow much more easily with life and we don't come up against the same amount of resistance and even the moon shows us that, that the moon doesn't hold on and go, well, I cannot be a full moon anymore because there might never be another full moon again and I've got to shine really brightly and if I'm not the full moon, who am I? I might be no one if I'm not the full moon. The moon just wanes. And then on the same hand, the full moon never goes, oh, maybe I shouldn't shine that bright. Oh, God, what are they going to say about me if I like really let myself be seen? And the moon just shines. You never witness a tree going, oh, if I let go of these leaves, there's never going to be another leaf. I've got to hold on to the leaves. Oh, my God, no, no, no. Nature just lets go. You never see a flower not wanting to blossom or bloom because it's a bit like, oh, what would they say about me and little old me and oh, I've got nothing. So for me, nature just, when we witness nature, we get to see season cycles flow in action. And in that, nature shows us so beautifully. We only have to step outside to be inspired about what's going on. So right now, you know, we're in, we're coming towards the end of springtime. We get the summer solstice next month, which takes into the second half of the year. Nature at the moment's in full abundance. Nature's just in growth. Nature's just allowing everything to be out there to be seen to enjoy the abundance and so this this helps us when we start to work in nature seasons and cycles to see that there's a time to grow there's a time to really put ourselves out there there's a time to enjoy there's a time to let go there's a time to go inwards there's a time to hibernate and so as we start to make the seasons in nature sacred and we mark them it helps us to do the same in our lives so to realise we're going to go through times of our lives when things aren't growing, when it feels like everything's a bit barren, when everything's a little bit stuck, where everything's a little bit dark, but nothing lasts forever. And very soon we'll be back out in a season of full bloom again and we'll be blossoming again and life will be flowing again. And so when we start to see this growth cycle and we start to see 
again, in nature, we look at winter and we go, everything's dead. No, in winter, everything beneath the surface is regenerating and gathering everything it needs for that tree to come in full blossom again. So when we're in those darker times, everything within us is gathering, regenerating, growing, so that then when it's our time to grow again, we've got everything that we need. Mm. So as we learn to live in seasons like this, we don't fear the dark times in the same way as we don't try and cling and grip and hold on to the good times. We just know that everything's going to go in perfect cycle, in perfect flow, in perfect time. And although I do believe that we get to navigate our way through those seasons and we get like we always have a choice. We can't necessarily choose like we can't choose when nature grows and blossoms and blooms. We can't necessarily choose exactly what's going to happen. I believe our soul knows, but humanness can't. But we can choose how we act, how we react, how we feel about it. So even in those darker times, we can choose to go into that almost moment of this is awful. We can play the victim. We can look for something outside of us to come along and save us. Or even on those hard times, we can choose to be like, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know what's going on right now. But I'm going to I'm going to try and choose in a peace. I'm going to try and choose to show up for myself. I'm going to try and choose to be here for myself. And then in that, when we talk about sacred, hand it over to something greater. Know that you don't have to struggle as a little human you on your own. Give it up to something greater. Please moon, please source, please universe, please God, I don't know what to do with this. Please help me. Mm. Please help me. And even in that, when we ask for help, that in itself opens up avenues for new energy to come in because we shift it into a lesson for growth and we, we support ourselves in it. And so again, each time we do this, we build trust in ourselves. I know you're going to be there in the good times and the bad times. And that's when our lives really begin to change. Mm. I don't think we, that's very beautiful. I don't think we have to even, like in those moments of surrender where we hand it over to something else, as humans, we're constantly looking for answers. Well, who? Who am I talking to? Mm -hmm. What am I talking to? I think I've learned over the years, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to harm anyone. If this helps you cultivate hope, resilience, faith, joy inner peace doesn't matter absolutely just write it down journal say it out loud whatever absolutely. well i think the 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 cyclical just how nature works and looking at looking at these beautiful cycles it is so interesting because i think all of us can probably look back at times where we've wanted to bloom all year and we're struggling to mm-hmm. and we're literally we've got no energy left we're on our knees trying to bloom but equally it's very interesting in those times where there are fallow periods and we need time out and the leaves have all dropped off I think in those moments a lot of the time and this goes back to sort of like self-awareness I guess and looking at the moon cycles in those times we abandon ourselves we go bye see ya I'm detaching from what's going on and what you're feeling I'm out of here Mm -hmm. and again if we can check in and have the self-awareness to know we're doing that that's when we can start to actually because it's it takes great courage to go okay how am I feeling god do you know what I actually feel really really sad Mm -hmm. well do you know what I feel absolutely terrified at the moment whatever it is to even look at it let alone sit with it Mm. is terrifying and I think in those moments where the leaves have fallen off we're in we're wintering as brilliant Catherine May would say I love that book if if anyone out there is interested in this subject matter read Catherine May's book wintering because it's so beautiful she's been on the podcast as well but in those moments looking at stuff and not fearing it it takes great courage but it's not going to harm you to look at it. It's not going to harm you to feel scared, to feel 
you know, t- totally sad, whatever it might be, or very, very angry. We can sit with that safely. And I think that's something that we're not used to doing in the modern world. We just run away from ourselves. But even that is such a beautiful way to be there and show up for yourself. So placing your hands over your heart and saying to you, I'm here, I'm listening. I'm here, I'm listening. And then listen to what bubbles up. And so I often talk about it as being bubbles. And again, one of the questions I get asked the most, I get asked two main questions. How can I listen to my intuition and what's my purpose? They're my two most asked questions. We want to hear our intuition, but we don't want to hear the sadness and the anger and the grief. We can't selectively feel emotion. So we can't want to feel happy and joyous and not feel sad and angry. And it's actually in the sad and angry that, again, we learn the most about ourselves. So what we notice is as we start, and that might be a ritual that people want to start to do. Hands over heart every morning, I'm here, I'm listening. And just notice, without judgment, and it doesn't need a story. Well, why are you feeling sad? You shouldn't feel sad. Well, I've got to got them to feel sad about you. You're such a terrible person. Don't give a story. Just watch it. Oh, there's sadness. Oh, okay, I'm feeling a bit of sadness. Let that be there. What you'll then notice is that then beneath that sadness might bubble up a little bit of happiness. And then beneath that might bubble up a little bit of anger. And then beneath that might bubble up something else. And our deepest intuition lives beneath all of that. So all of those emotions that we've suppressed or denied or not listened to are emotions beneath all of that. And it's only when we start to listen to and hold and accept ourselves in the moment, I don't need a reason to feel sad. I'm allowed just to feel sad in this moment. And I can hold myself and hold my heart and I might even put my arms around myself and say, oh, curse. We're so bad at that. I think most people go, oh, there's people worse off. I won't let myself feel sad. What have I got to be sad about or to be depressed about or upset about? Mm -hmm. There doesn't have to be a reason, as you just said, these emotions come and go. What about when we get stuck in an emotion? What about if you're putting your hands on your heart every day and you feel outright sadness? How do you get unstuck in, in in a situation like that? So... There's a couple of different ways. One of the things that we need to then start to feel into is where does the sadness come from? So kind of what's beneath the sadness is the... And again, we've just said not to put reasons on it, but is there is there a particular reason? Is it is it is it a loneliness? Is it a yearning for something? What is that sadness? And then I'm a really big believer in moving things somatically as well. So move that sadness because again, when we when we just sit in an emotion, it just sits there, it stagnates. So we've got to invite in again nature, flow, movement. If you watch any animal in the wild, and they're a brilliant example, if you watch a gazelle that's just been chased by a lion, the first thing it will do is it will shake. Yeah. Because it shakes that energy, that fear out of its body and we have um back this back from my yoga days but we have what's called fascia in the body connective tissue it's around every organ every muscle everywhere in our body and there's beautiful research done a while ago about the the fascia kind of transporting emotions and feelings through the body so when we continue to have a feeling or an emotion it gets stored in the body it'll get trapped it might be that we tense ourselves every time we think about something and we hold ourselves and we can probably all bring to mind someone that's got the weight of the world on their shoulders right you can see it in their body someone that's closed and protecting their hearts you can see it in their bodies so our body starts to store any emotion that we don't deal with that we don't allow we don't express it gets pushed down and it gets stored somewhere in our body so movement is beautiful so just start to move your sadness if that sadness would move what would the sadness move like and again this is very odd for most people because we're used to sitting on our hands not moving oh, especially don't British move. people yeah, we're so we? shit at don't this. cough don't make a noise don't do anything but then again you can see even if you try to sit still now your body tenses and there's a signal going to your body it's not safe to move I've got to sit here I've got to really perform in front of furnace my whole body then is reacting and then the next time I'm in front of someone else I feel like I've got to perform for that's 
same energy will come into my body. So start to just move the sadness. And another thing that we're really terrified of is sound. Sound. We're really scared of sound. Yes. But in women, our, our women, our throat is, is connected. They are. They are. They they look the same. They're connected, and so sound it what does the sadness sound like yes. and the more you get used to it so it might just be at first you sit there and you sway a little bit or you just rock yourself like you would a child if a child came to you and said mommy I'm sad one of your kids you take them when they're still little enough and you just rock them it's okay I've got you rock the sadness a little bit it's okay I've got you we also need to feel safe to express an emotion so we can't really express an emotion unless we feel safe within ourselves to do it so rock yourself a bit I'm safe to be feeling this I think we're, we're conditioned safe. To not feel safe to express any of it, yeah. quite frankly, in this part of the world, in yeah. this decade. Yeah. I, I've i been thinking about this a hell of a lot because I went to this very moving and unique event at the weekend, which I'm sure I'll talk about on social media mm. at the right time um, because it was very, very impactful. And I cried and laughed in equal measures throughout mm-hmm. the whole day. And it was, I haven't felt so alive in ages. Yes. And because I knew I was in a room of other people that were going to do the same, mm-hmm. I felt safe. But when I walked out of that space, I thought, would I do that? Would I laugh that heartily with tears rolling down my face if I was in the cinema or if mm-hmm. I was just chatting to a group of people? Would I cry with like snot coming out my nose and like a <laughs> heaving yeah. chest yeah, yeah, yeah. with outside of that space? No, I wouldn't. And then I started thinking... Would I really sigh with disappointment if I felt it? Like, oh, no, I wouldn't. But it feels really good to do. How good did that feel? Would I shout out Mm. loud due to excitement or Mm. whatever I was feeling at the moment? No. Would I sing without inhibition if I was out of the shower? No. This has been on my mind all week. And I also, I'm really intrigued around the the sound part. Because I pr- predominantly talk for a living. Yeah. And I, um, as I've waffled on about endlessly, how many years ago it was, 2019, had a ginormous cyst on my vocal cords that was stopping them from shutting altogether. Mm. And I couldn't speak. And I was like, oh, I'm in deep shit here because yeah. that's yeah. literally all I do. And I had a surgery booked and the whole thing. And I realised... There were so many times where I was so scared to Speak. make or make any noise mm. and my voice would just almost evaporate. And <clears throat> I can feel it now because I'm having to cough. <clears throat> when I'm thinking about this subject matter, I can feel it in my throat. Close. I think this throat area for me, it's like a life lesson yeah. because I've obviously been, I'm in this job for whatever reason and I'm learning as I go. But this throat area, I keep coming back to it because it's either working really well and I feel like I'm in a flow and I feel I can speak without inhibition, I can make noise without inhibition, but equally when I'm not, it is the first thing that goes. And I'm either just coughing very regularly, just a regular cough, or I've got a whacking great pea-sized cyst on my vocal cords that is going to, you know, stop me from working for however many months, Mm. um, which luckily it didn't. All showcased in my book, Speak Your Truth, if you fancy reading it. But it was a real journey and I think, Again, we're just, look at nature. Nature's, you know, tweeting birds and roaring lions and powerful thunder. And it's noise. It's it's life. And we are so scared to make noise and we need to get over it. I've been doing these workouts where you go like, and you let out this Mm. noise. And I have found it, and shaking as well, I have found it 
so cathartic Absolutely. on a level that I don't understand. You don't need I don't to. get it, don't need to, no. but I feel better for doing it. But I think we all need, like, just listening now, everyone, just, like, make the noise you need to make. Just yeah. do it. Just don't, we just need to stop caring so much. We do. And that could become, again, a ritual. Yes. You're going to give yourself three minutes a day. And I often encourage this to kind of women I work with, pick a music track, stick it on, and for those three minutes move and again when we first begin that we stand there it's like in a yoga class I very often give people free like time just to free flow and you can see everyone being like well I, I don't know how to move you need to tell me how to move like you're, you're the instructor you tell me we've become so out of alignment with ourselves that we don't even know how it feels you know you'll see people in a yoga class and they'll stretch like that and I'm like does that feel good like yeah. what if you just moved a little bit into it moved a little bit more because we've become so outside of ourselves that we don't know even what feels good within us anymore so move move your sadness back to that move your anger move your rage move your joy and then sound even if in the beginning it's just a little like a little sound before you know it I remember a friend of mine many many years ago we went to the sea I can't remember what had been going on for either she or I but something had been going on we just like Rah! yes I've no and you see kids like you see a kid have a meltdown in Tesco's they don't care I don't give a shit <laughs> they're screaming they're tantruming they're moving their bodies around but I look at them sometimes it's just envy because I'm like imagine having that amount of freedom in how you're feeling in that moment that you're just going to express it yeah I'm going to have a tantrum in the supermarket tomorrow <laughs> just to see what <laughs> happens I 11 please oh, I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it I can't wait do you know what this I cannot believe how quickly time has whizzed I was actually shocked looking at the clock there because wow. it's whizzed by quite quickly but we've covered a hell of a lot of ground, but I think all of it comes back to natural cycles at the end of the yes. day. It's natural cycles, honouring them, which we don't do en masse in the modern world, taking heed of what's already going on around us, like the moon and the seasons. Mm. And if it feels right to you, tuning into it. And I can't thank you enough for our chat today because it's been oh, thank you. You know, full of revelation and, and just beautiful things for us all to go away and think about um but also for contributing to the app and and being at the festival it means the absolute world Kirsty. thank you for having me thank you my pleasure thank you by the way, Kirsty obviously mentioned that we just had the dark moon, which is why I was maybe feeling a bit all over the gaff. We only had that chat last week, if that is helpful for you in knowing which part of the moon cycle we're in. You can also easily Google it or you can have a look in the sky and work it out. Kirsty, thank you so much for your time. Remember, if you want Kirsty to guide you through more of these practices, you can find her on the Happy Place app. And if you want to read Kirsty's brilliant book, it's called Lunar Living. And you can also find her on Instagram to follow all of her gorgeous work. What else have you been reading, by the way? I would love to know what books are floating your boat at the moment. You can always come and chat to us in our book community. We're a lovely bunch of bookworms. Head over to Instagram. It's at Happy Place Book Club. We not only give tips and advice with great books that we're reading, but we want to hear what you're reading too. We're back next week, of course. But in the meantime, it's a massive thank you to wonderful Kirsty, to the producer Anushka Tate at Rethink Audio, and to you. Moon lovers, moon naysayers, I love you all.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.